Well, good morning, and we welcome you to White House First United Methodist Church and our podcast. And what a joy and a delight it is to be able to have you join us by way of this technology. And pray that wherever you're at uh, and whenever you listen to this, that the Lord will be able to do a work in this time as you hear these songs proclaimed and as you hear his word proclaimed as well. We're going to begin with a word of prayer and then we will begin our time of worship. Lord God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for giving us this opportunity on this Sunday after Easter to be able to come and to see what it is that you have to say to us. Lord, that message last week of your resurrection is monumental. But you have so much more to teach us. And I pray that as we come this morning that our hearts and minds are ready to hear what it is that you're calling for us to hear. And speak to us once more from this scripture, from Thomas and his encounter with you. And we pray these things in your Son's precious and holy name. Savior. 
together today is going to focus on John chapter 20. We're going to be looking at verses 19 through 31. Have you ever heard that saying, life has to go on? That's often what some often say in response to death. Life goes on. It's some people's way of coping with the painful reality that death ushers in. The end of a relationship, the loss of support, the fear of facing the days ahead without a loved one's presence. And that little phrase, life goes on, ranks right up there with me in hearing, I know what you're going through. And both of those phrases do absolutely nothing for me. Try to tell somebody life goes on or I know what you're going through after they have lost someone that was very close to them. And even though they might not say these words, they might be thinking of a tactful way of saying, that's easy for you to say, you're not the one that just lost that dear friend or loved one. Think about the disciples. Just days after Jesus died on the cross, and they would tell you the same response. How can life go on for these disciples? The Son of God has been treated horrifically, died on a humiliating cross, buried in a borrowed tomb, And even with the news of this Easter morning, there's still those thoughts of the ones that killed Jesus are after us too. Get in the house and lock the doors. Run and hide for fear of your life. That's in some ways what the disciples were facing. But their fears and doubts will take a great and mighty turn, as we'll see in this scripture we're going to read today. We're going to see that Jesus acknowledged their sorrow and brought comfort to them. But the point that the Lord is wanting us to focus on today is, just as the disciples were trying to figure out what they were going to have to do to move on, I want us to think what it's going to take for us to move forward with the new life that we've got now thanks to our trust and belief in what happened to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on Good Friday as well as Easter Sunday. Last Sunday, for those that may have tuned in, we talked about the toughest commandment of don't be afraid or fear not. And because of the resurrection, we can hold on to the fact that He's always with us no matter what. How can that equate into allowing that to be our mentality each and every day? What's it going to take for us to keep that Easter buzz going year-round? Well, the answer can and will be found in our time together. So here now, from God's Word, John 
chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. It was still the first day of the week. That evening, while the disciples were behind closed doors because they were afraid of the Jewish authorities, Jesus came and stood among them. He said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. When the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with joy. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they aren't forgiven. Thomas, the one called Didymus, one of the twelve, wasn't with the disciples when Jesus came. The other disciples told him, We've seen the Lord. But he replied, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger in the wounds left by the nails and put my hand into his side, I won't believe. After eight days, his disciples were again in a house, and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus entered and stood among them. He said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into my side. No more disbelief. Believe. Thomas responded to Jesus, My Lord and my God. Jesus replied, Do you believe because you see me? Happy are those who don't see and yet believe. Then Jesus did many other miraculous signs in his disciples' presence, signs that aren't recorded in this scroll. But these things are written so that you will believe that Jesus is the Christ, God's Son, and that believing you will have life in his name. This is the word of God for the people of God, and we say, thanks be to God. These disciples were given what they needed to go on. It took Thomas a whole week to get this, but we see that he finally got it. Jesus' presence with them was a major part of the equation. I want you to think of something with me for a minute. Imagine being scared to death like the disciples were, and panicky any time they heard footsteps or talking, afraid that they had been located by the religious officials. But now imagine the kind of excitement that they had when Jesus came through that locked door saying, Peace be with you. And then giving further proof it was Him when he showed them his feet and his hands. Can you understand why the scripture said in verse 20, 
that when they experienced this, the disciples were filled with joy? If you were a disciple, wouldn't you get pretty excited too if you went through what they did and then get that kind of experience of seeing your dead Messiah alive again? Well, guess what? If you believe in our Lord Jesus today, you are one of his disciples. I want you to say to yourself right now, I'm a disciple. No, you weren't one of the 11 in that room a week later when Thomas gave Jesus the most elaborate phrase that was ever given to him by anyone in verse 28 when he said, My Lord and my God. But even though the years are distance between us, you are still a vital part of keeping Jesus alive and well in this world today. Do you hear me this morning? We have just as much reason to be overjoyed as they did because of all that our Lord has done for us daily. So I pray that you don't hold your thanks back to our Lord when you feel the need to give Him a praise for all He's done. Doesn't matter who we're around, whether it's by ourselves or around others, that we take that time to give Him the praise. Now, it's evident that we're not going to experience the same sort of resurrected body as these disciples saw years ago. Jesus said that to Thomas in reference to the future generations that would be reading this scripture. But the absolute key to moving forward with our new life hinges upon the main reason why the disciples moved forward from their traumatic death experience and was brought forth to life spiritually again by what our Lord Jesus gave to them. Now, are you ready for that main reason how we can keep that Easter buzz of that resurrection going year-round? It is plain and simply allowing the Holy Spirit in our lives. Letting that Holy Spirit be our guide. That's it want us to look back at verse 22 and see this. It says, Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, let's think of another time in the Bible where in Genesis, when Adam was created, his body was formed, but he didn't come alive until God breathed into him the breath of life. Maybe you recall Ezekiel 37 and the image of those dry bones. And there was a valley of dry bones that actually had flesh coming upon the bones but didn't revive until the Lord's breath was put in them. God's breath in Adam, God's breath in the dry bones, and God's breath in all of us make us quite different from all other forms of creation. Now, 
through the breath of Jesus, God imparted eternal spiritual life. With this inbreathing came the power to do God's will on earth. And when we accept Jesus into our lives, our Lord breathes the Holy Spirit in us and the Holy Spirit dwells within us from that point on. And whether we're following the Holy Spirit's leading from that point on is another question. But when we confess our sins and ask Jesus into our lives, we're given everything we need to succeed spiritually from that point on. But here's the question. Are we succeeding? To add to this, what was written in verse 23 is our charge as well as the disciples. Are we doing our part to see this is happening? Listen to this charge in verse 23. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they aren't forgiven. So in this charge, Jesus was giving the disciples their spirit-powered and spirit-guided mission. And that was to go out and preach the good news about Jesus so people's sins might be forgiven. The disciples didn't have the power to forgive sins because only God can do this. But Jesus gave them the privilege of telling new believers that their sins have been forgiven because they have accepted Jesus' message. All of us have the same charge placed on us as well. Whether it is through a silent example or actually talking to people about that saving knowledge of Jesus, we've got an awesome task in front of us. We can announce the forgiveness of sin with certainty when we ourselves find repentance and faith. Asked you a few questions already today, but the ultimate question that the Lord wants us to answer today is this. Are we following the Spirit's leading in our own life? It doesn't get much more specific or plainer than that. Are we following the Spirit's leading in our life? How is it with your soul today? How are you doing spiritually? As we've said already, you've got all the tools that you could possibly need to move on spiritually if you've put your trust and belief in our Lord Jesus. But are we just letting the opportunities given to you by our Lord just slip and waste away? Or are we taking advantage of those opportunities? Are we feeling like we're stuck in a rut and can't get out? Are those fears like we talked about last week still having a grip on you that you can't shake? As I said, the answer lies within 
the Holy Spirit's guiding. That truly is what you need. When we are sincere in asking our Lord for help and are willing to set aside our timing and will and submitting to His timing and will, the Lord will begin doing a work in your life, slowly but surely. Some things may happen very quickly and some it may be a process. But it is possible to turn your situation completely around if it's the Lord's will and if you're willing to allow the Spirit to work in your life and in His timing and in His will. I've experienced this firsthand in my own life and also around the ones that I've been with since July in different ways. And our Lord still has many more miracles, many more changes in store for many more of you if we are willing to yield our situation and our predicaments over to our Lord and be willing, be willing to let His will and His timing be done. Just as our Lord knew what the disciples needed most, he knows what you need most too. And He's ready and willing to offer that help if we desire it. How can life go on for us after Easter? Trusting and believing the Holy Spirit will be our guide and will lead us through anything and everything we face. That's the solution. That's the answer. But until we yield to our Lord, it will not be possible. I pray that all of us are with me this morning and are willing to yield to our Lord's will and not our own from this point on. Let's pray. My Lord and my God, that's what Thomas said to you all those years ago. And I pray that is what we are saying to you right here and right now. We need you, Lord. We have so many things that are piling up against us. And trouble seems to be at various corners, but... God, with you all things are possible. I pray that just as you have breathed upon those disciples, you breathe upon us, that life-giving Spirit. May that Spirit be our guide. May that Spirit be our hope. May that Spirit be who we yield to each and every day. Whatever is holding us back, Lord, give us that boldness to stay true to You. Give us that courage to give all things over to You for Your care. And may we be discerning of the direction in which You would have us to go. Lord, we love You. And we thank You. And we pray for any decision that needs to be made. And that it be made in such a way that brings you that utmost glory, honor, and praise. 
And we pray these things in your son's precious and holy name. Bye.